Welcome to Financial Talks with Jude and Ed. Today we're going to be talking about COVID and all things related, from the economy to the savings rates to what's just happening and what's going to be happening in the future. Now, Ed, what I want to start with is this crazy upswing in savings rate that we've been seeing lately. What do you think about that? Yeah, so uh, Financial Post, I read, uh, released an article saying savings rates uh, prior to the pandemic was 2 to 3% of disposable income. It's now jumped to 28.2% in the second quarter. That is a massive cash hoard. It seems out of the ordinary. And there's got to be a reason under this, right? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think there are a lot of factors. And I think the biggest one is, you know, the uncertainty of COVID. And they outline that in the in the news. And they also outline in a couple other sources as well that, you know, a lot of Canadians are uncertain about the future. So they are putting a lot more money aside. That being said, I think there's other factors that are being, you know, miss like not included in the statistics. Like, for example, the first six months of COVID, a bunch of Canadians got six months deferrals on a lot of things from their mortgages to their, you know, equipment leases and leases and businesses getting $40,000 interest-free loans with 10000 of it being a grand portion and all of this being thrown into the economy by the government, right? And yep. the CERB, which is a $2,000 a month um, you know, subsidy for people that are unemployed. So, you know, there's this huge amount of resources being pumped into the economy by the government. And that's going to show on uh, the balance sheets with like an increase in savings. And it's compounded because a bunch of money is being put in and a lot of your costs are being deferred or, you know, moved away. So if you're deferring six months of uh, mortgages, you're deferring six months of uh, property tax, you're deferring your uh, electricity rate went down. All Mm -hmm. these things that are trying to help you out is just creating a larger gap in or larger uh, increase in savings. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, we cut expenses. uh, You know, you don't go... uh, spend money on services, the restaurants, traveling, uh, gifts, clothes as much. And I, I think that definitely helps increase cash, but I don't think that could have been the full story. So I love how you mentioned the SIBA loans. They've been now up to $60,000 where you don't have to repay $20,000 uh, as long as you repay it by December, I think, 2022. So that's basically $20,000 that a business gets right off the bat, whether they're struggling, not struggling, right? That they that they don't have to pay for, like payback. You write about the CERB. Uh, I can't tell you how many people that I heard collected CERB, they put it off to the side. They didn't know whether they were eligible or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether they spent it, didn't spend it, spent half of it, whatever it was, that's mm-hmm. helping pump up I believe the savings as well. So yeah, the six month deferrals on the mortgages, you get to keep that cash in your bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all you've got to do is pay property tax uh, and and uh, uh, maybe the condo fees, right? So mm-hmm. 
it's uh i i absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head and i i don't think that article dug deep enough into the reasons why the cash save is is 28.2 percent yeah because that you know that's a crazy increase especially thinking of how much houses are costing people the reports of like before covid there was a crazy amount of reports of how unaffordable housing was and how much canadians were taking out of their you know wallet of expenses how much that was housing right so i think like there's some misinformation here in terms of like how much it is i'm sure there are people saving and they're doing a great job but i think you know the net income or the net balance has to recognize what's going on with the government subsidies yeah absolutely uh i want to share some information that i received earlier this week uh so i was listening to a chief economist at a major bank they said that the stock market and real estate market we're in toronto right uh Mm -hmm. in 2021 will flourish Mm -hmm. flourish was the word jude Mm -hmm. what is your thoughts on that I don't know. I think, you know, it's hard to think about flourishing, right? Um, The reason why is I I throw it back to what an unemployment rate is right now, which is 9%, right? And unemployment rate has been down for quite a long, has been high for quite a long time since COVID has happened. And I think it goes back to like the service industry and, you know, um, I think there's some truth in there, but at the same, where there's going to be a lot of opportunities for white collared workers and professionals that weren't impacted as much as others that hoarded that money and put 28% aside to, uh, you know, capitalize on one of these major events, maybe real estate or whatnot. But I think, you know, there was also a report, I think from another major bank talking about the amount of people that were taking these deferral programs that a large chunk um at least 10 to 15 percent may be defaulting right so if if that's that is true and this was maybe a month ago or something i saw this article but and things are fast moving with covid but you know if that is even half true that's a large portion of uh homes coming onto the market Right. So I, I think there'll be we'll see some downward pressure potentially with that influx of homes. But at the same time, interest rates are at all time low. They're at what one point eight percent for a five year fixed or something like that. So well, that's right. That's you're in the right uh, uh, range. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like the interest rate environment makes it very enticing for people to buy. And we still see a very hot market right now in terms of prices and the prices still are pretty high but i think all of that is because of the amount of influx of government support we've been getting and the deferrals the banks provided so we're not seeing the impact of that happening and if we continue to get government support that's great but if the banks stop giving you deferrals then we're going to see a problem because the two thousand dollars a month it's not going to be enough for all your expenses plus your housing costs that, you know, you might have a $600,000 mortgage or $500,000 mortgage, right? So, and... Mm. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, okay, when when the chief economist was uh, talking about reasons why he thought that the, the stock market was going to increase, 
He talked about the fact that the people that invest in stocks, they are generally higher income earners. Mm -hmm. And this recession really affected the service industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like 80% of service workers have been laid off in this recession in Canada. And those are the ones that don't uh, necessarily own homes. Uh, they, they, they may rent. Um, and that's why he thought that, yes, you're going to see the rental market drop, but the actual people that uh, have a higher income, they had the ability to work from home. And albeit, albeit some did get uh, lose their job, uh, it wasn't a large percentage, definitely not anywhere near 80% like that service worker industry got uh, affected. Mm -hmm. So because they're the ones that, uh, like you said, they had the low interest rate, they've been kind of hoarding cash off to the side, they got the government assistance, uh, maybe they're a small business owner, they now have this opportunity to go in, take advantage of maybe some fear or uncertainty. And those are the buyers out in the market. It's not these service workers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that was um, uh, one reason that, uh, well, a couple of reasons that they were talking about the, um, the real estate and stock market. Yeah. I do agree with the unemployment being at 9%. And that is such a high number. Um, but when we look at who is unemployed, I think that is a big indicator of are, 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 are they the ones that buy the homes and invest in the stocks or are they maybe living more paycheck to paycheck? Uh, one thing too that I wanted to discuss was I was listening to a podcast on how food banks Food banks have been unable to get donations from their uh, uh, donors because a lot of them don't know where the uh, the stock market's headed in the future. So for them to write a hundred thousand dollar check, five hundred thousand dollar check, a million dollar check, whatever it is, uh, it's just a lot harder to do that. And again, that's another. Uh, 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 kind of uh, point I wanted to put in there when maybe the service workers, they're not going to food banks, but you do have low income earners. Maybe they're making minimum wage and now they got unemployed. Mm -hmm. They're now even struggling to get access to food from the food banks. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that's kind of just like more of a, a side note, how this recession is really hitting that low income uh, uh, worker uh, more than it is like the high income and i thought you brought up a good point when we were talking off the record earlier you said that this recession is producing a gap uh, so i kind of want you to explain that the gap where you have the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and there's that middle class now just gets further and further apart yeah no i was talking about how like the people that are benefiting the most from the con this um COVID are, you know, a lot of these large tech companies and a lot of these corporations that have are basically a natural hedge against this type of environment. Like think Amazon, right? Um, you know, they're winning from people not being able to go to the stores and a lot of they're getting accumulating a lot of wealth by uh, COVID. Um, that being said, the people when you I don't think we can judge an economy just by stock market, right? Like if we look at the unemployment right. rate, it's at nine percent. That means one in ten Canadians uh, in our in the workforce in our employable workforce is unemployed, which is a problem. Like that's that's a massive amount. And also, there's a lot of people that aren't being counted in that um, that statistic. Whereas back, in what do you mean? By that? 
So what do you mean a lot of people aren't being counted in that statistic? So when we went the when we look at the unemployment rate and how that's calculated, it's basically um, it's basically calculating the people that are looking actively for work, right? Mm. So to calculate the unemployment rate, the number of unemployment people is divided by the number of people in the labor force, right? But there are people that oh. will get like dropped out of the labor force because they're not looking for work anymore, right? Maybe they're thinking, hey, uh, it's COVID. Ooh. I'm going to wait until it cools down. Um, I'm going to just, you know, weather the storm and then I'll co- I'm getting served I'm, and then I'll come out of it in the future once everything's done and i think a lot of companies are finding it harder to fill roles because especially entry-level roles where you might be client facing or whatnot and um you won't see that in that nine percent rate and in back in 2019 september the rate uh unemployment rate was 5.5 percent right so i understand that the stock markets are doing well um we're at record points in there and whatnot but you know, if you look at how many employed Canadians there are, that's a that's a war that's a statistic we should be worrying about. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 going from five point five percent to nine percent unemployment is massive. That is a, a major increase because unemployment may move at. 0.1%, 0.2% in a regular time. So seeing jumps of uh, three and a half, four and a half points uh, percentages, uh, that is a lot. So uh, it is it is a good uh, point. I guess only time will tell where the stock market and real estate market is headed in 2021. I do see your points uh, with high unemployment. And there's also that spending effect where when you uh, don't spend that dollar, well, that business owner now lo- no longer gets that dollar and he doesn't spend it. And when he doesn't spend it on, let's say something, another service, right? That's one that it's like that multiplier effect, right? So that dollar that you don't spend doesn't just affect one other person. It affects hundreds of other people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there, I think that's an underrated point too, but I could see where, where the economist is saying, yeah, overall economy may not be better, but the stock market is mm-hmm. or the right because of the type of people that buy stocks and real estate. exactly and most people that are like that are benefiting from the stock market are the ones that are invested in it or work for companies that are part of those uh, top companies that are having those earnings right? uh, i'm gonna have to push back with, uh, on that a little bit like you have self-employed individuals that i, I think income is a is the bigger determinant mm-hmm. more than if you're working for a corporation mm-hmm. i think if you're a income earner you have you've already met your needs of you know food and clothes and shelter right and and you now have additional money what yeah 100 100 that's what i mean those people are either invested in the stock market or the corporations that are doing extremely well and their employees that are continuing to keep employment that will be able to take advantage of these downturns in whether real estate or other stocks that aren't doing so well yeah what do you what do you think i'm going to kind of just go a little bit off topic uh you talked about taking advantage so recessions uh people that 
there's two types of people when it comes to recessions. Ones that that get really fearful and uncertain and want to take a step back, and others that are just waiting for this opportunity and just want to come in and they know they're going to make money and lots of it, and this is the time they're waiting for. Uh, like, do you? What's kind of like your thoughts on like those mentalities? Like, is it is it fair? Is it is it okay to just go out there and and try to make money off people's misery hey warren buffett has an amazing saying about this like like <laughs> crazy, like I, I, it's like something that i remember and i remember because of an experience let me tell you about the warren buffett saying first it's be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful right love it classic it's it's the classic saying and the reason why i remember is um when I first started off working in the bank, I had a manager and who told me that he basically took out a line of credit against his home to go all in in the stock market during 2008 crisis. Because we don't run into those type of re- recessions all the time. And if you have these companies that you know are fundamentally sound and will be around for the next five to 10 years, even through a recession, you jump in, right? Because you're going to buy those companies at a discount now you're taking a massive risk you are um and it's all based on your risk tolerance but is it if you really truly believe in those companies like for example Mm -hmm. coca-cola or a bank right like a major bank that just dropped down i think in the 2008 recession uh a bunch of these bank stocks became massive bargains right so if you were to buy any of those, you would have seen a killing. So I think, you know, it's not it's not taking pleasure in someone's misery. It's more like taking an op- taking this opportunity to better yourself and your family. Because if you don't, someone else will. Or if you don't, then no one's winning. At least someone can win with this type of environment, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, we'll go back to Warren Buffett. Uh, one thing that he said was the stock market is just a transfer of wealth from the inpatient to the patient. Mm-hmm. So it just says like, if you have the time, like you were saying, like maybe you're fearful, you don't know uh, where things are going. Maybe it's the end of the world. You have, you know, this, this things are, it, it could all end, mm-hmm. right? You have other people that look at that and say, wow, this is really good value right now. It's my time to go mm-hmm. in and something that I may have not purchased a year or two ago because it was too high. So, no, I I, uh, I agree yeah. with you. I definitely I, I think, you know, a lot of people should also think not just think about stock market purchases. Think about business purchases potentially, right? Because Love if it. you know a lot of businesses might go under and you know this business that you're a great fan of and you you're a patron of and you think that you know if they can weather the storm and come out of it you can maybe buy it at an extreme discount because they would just Mm -hmm. be trying to get rid of it or trying to pay off some debt or whatever but if you can get it at an extreme discount and you end up getting a pretty good asset that you know once covid rides out once the vaccine comes out that business you can go ahead and turn it around after a vaccine and things are back to normal for a, a, a I, lar- larger multiple. I love what you just said. Let's look at a high risk uh, industry right now. Ones that are just getting crushed. We talked about service, mm. restaurants, mm. 
is it the time to open up a restaurant right now? Because I'd argue if you, uh, uh, let's say, get the commercial lease, it's going to take some time for you to, uh, you know, get the restaurant built. Uh, you may be able to time it where the vaccine comes out and you have a, a resumption of economic activity. You paid less for that commercial lease, maybe getting into an area you could have never gotten into because prices were so high mm -hmm. and you may benefit from that uh, uh, increase of, you know, in, in like the business, right? The recovery of that industry. So would you think it's a good time right now to set up a restaurant? I think it would be a good time to set out, set up a takeout or a quick serve restaurant to start establishing goodwill in a brand, right? And, you mm. know, over, say, you know, we have like a one year or six month period, you're building your goodwill and brand through a takeout with a small footprint. So you're not, you're not paying as much staff, you're not paying for the square footage. And, you know, you're, you could really thrive on a great takeout and quick serve strategy then take that once you do really well and move it into a larger footprint where you can potentially have some dining or whatnot but i think that's what you would want to do in this environment if you're thinking about starting up uh, uh in the in the restaurant industry is just seeing where the opportunity is right we're all stuck at home you know i rather i've been going towards drive-throughs and takeouts a lot more than uh and quick serve takeouts where i just run in it's a front door like a domino's and i run out or i'm going through a drive-thru or whatever so i think those are will thrive and do well but i think you know going and taking opening up an actual restaurant that needs a larger footprint for dining might not be beneficial for you in the next six months right so that's my thoughts at least I, I, it's so funny, great timing. I read an article mm. that uh, basically said, the new metric of success these days is how few employees your company has. Mm -hmm. And I think it just talks about being, uh, uh, you know, minimum, minimum cost. Like you said, even when you get like a takeout spot and before you expand to maybe a sit down restaurant, you don't have to pay as much rent, mm -hmm. right? So you're reducing that risk of you running out of cash, you investing too much money. And, uh, I, I really, I really love that advice. I think you did a, did a great job hit nail on the head on that. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I kind of, I kind of want to, uh, uh look forward okay um now there's this acronym it's called beach it stands for booking the e is for entertainment and live events mm -hmm. A for airlines c is for cruises and casinos mm -hmm. a is for hotels and resorts um so covid19 vaccine right around the corner pfizer moderna they're going to be close to uh mass producing and releasing us in canada we're going to be a little bit behind the curve when it comes to actually getting these vaccines uh in canada as long as the contracts are obviously valid right mm -hmm. the government is what they have in place um so so uh what, what do you think is kind of like gonna recover uh first once the vaccine gets uh, uh into into play 
I think you know restaurants and dining and when when you go back to that that acronym, I think all of the entertainment, uh, entertainment. I think everything will will boom right as soon as I think the vaccines implemented, um, and we get we get access to it and everyone's been given a vaccine. I think everything will boom. I think the problem here is. Will it be mandated to take the vaccine, or you know, will you have a choice to be taking a vaccine, and understanding what that vaccine is? Because if not everyone takes it, then it's not a uh, beneficial, right? Or it, we don't get herd immunity uh, without having, I think, a certain percentage of the population taking the vaccine. So I think um, if we do end up getting, like you know, if everyone does end up doing the vaccine, or we get to the percentage we need for immunity i think though all those all those uh met all those industries i think will recover it fairly quickly because you you realize how much those industries mean to you once you can't do them right ah okay i don't agree with you on this one uh i personally think yeah you know the entertainment aspect of it uh local shows um sports uh, definitely restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, live events. Uh, I think they're going to recover a lot faster. I don't think live events of 20,000 mm-hmm. or 30,000 people is going to be the case. I think it's going to be scaled down maybe to 50% and then starting to gradually move up or 35%. I don't know what that number is, but it's going to be a lot less. That's what I think. Well, so, okay. I, you know, you think... So if Beyonce came in and was going to do it, everyone's vaccinated and, you know, everyone has, Ah. you you don't think it's going to sell out if she went and did a 20,000 person or a Drake concert or the OVO concert, you know what I mean? Like, I still see the demand once the green light is given and they're able to host a $20,000, $30,000 person event, um, I know artists will take advantage of that because that's dollars on the table. And I know people will take advantage of that because there's just a crazy demand for those type of events. Ah, so I think you're jumping the gun. Mm-hmm. When we talk about vaccines mm-hmm. and getting distributed, there's going to be, let's say, a one, one and a half year lag between before everyone gets that, that vaccine, yeah. right? It's going to take time to distribute, right? So you're going to have things like um, for example, uh, uh, traveling, like going on an airplane, I think that's going to take longer to recover. I think cruises, people are going to be a little bit more hesitant to go on cruises. I believe eventually in the midterm, mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, the, the, the concerts selling out, but initially I don't think you're going to have the, the venue being able to offer people standing side by side to each other. I think there's going to be a mental, uh, kind of scar that's occurred mm-hmm. and you're, 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 it's going to take some time to kind of get over you that. Know, yeah, no, uh, I, I think agree I- with you. I, I do agree with you. I think, you know, obviously, I think not everyone's going to get the vaccine right away. It's probably going to come in stages and first responders and healthcare workers and frontline workers will probably get access to it first. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a staggering uh, recovery. But once it does recover, I think, you know, we'll see the same levels of uh, expenditure. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do think that in in the long run, the medium to, to long run, things are going to get back to uh, some sort of a normal. I did hear though that even though you get a vaccine, we're still going to be talking about COVID uh, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, 
now. Um, so it's it's not just as easy as getting the vaccine and, and everything is, is good to go. We may need to uh, get the vaccine twice. Yeah. Right? Like there's companies that, um, you know, they, it's not just a one-time shot. So uh, no, no, I uh, I do think in the medium to long run, things are going to uh, recover. But I do think in the short run, you're going to have uh, things like casinos. They're going to recover faster than uh, hotels or resorts. I just think people are okay with driving to the casino an hour away and kind of gambling versus going on a 15-hour flight mm-hmm. uh, or uh being in a pool or you know with like with with a hundred other people yeah uh, but I think time time will tell, so do right? you think it's a good time to buy these any of these stocks or it's still not a good time knowing not knowing how long the recovery will take and if they'll be able to weather that storm yeah, so I'm somebody who I suck at giving uh, uh, advice. I'm usually wrong at the prediction side mm-hmm. of it, right? When we talk about short term, I think in the long run, I think in the long run, we look at uh, industries that are going to be around, like you talked about. Technology is only going to continue changing the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Airlines are going to have to exist and uh, entertainment is going to continue in hotels and resorts and cruises, casinos, airlines. That's all going to continue to operate. So there's some industries that have uh, recovered. So if you're somebody who is more of a value play, stuff like airlines, I'd still think there's some value uh, still there. Cruises, because they got beat up. They still haven't been recovered yet. Um, but, you know, a lot of, of, for example, even technology. Technology is ahead of the game. It's it's made it's positive year to date. I think something like say 40 percent, where it's been a benefit to tech stocks, right? Mm-hmm. So is it is it time to jump in now? I don't know market timing, but I will say technology is going to continue to change the way we live our lives. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. And I think you know we talked about this in another podcast and. It's about whenever times like this happen, innovation is what is going to drive a lot of things. And there's been a huge vacuum in the service industry. And we just need a lot of entrepreneurs to jump in there. And there's market share to be won because people aren't spending as much money. And that goes down to like how you implement a potential innovation and maybe take out quick server in other service type industries. Right. So, yeah. I love it. Use the crisis as an opportunity. Exactly. Dude. Dude, I love it. Thanks. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. We talked about the savings rates, uh, reasons why Canadians were only saving 2 to 3% before the pandemic. And now it's up to 28.2% in the second quarter. Uh, we talked about uh, the stock market, real estate markets, where it's headed in 2021, what some uh, major bank chief economists uh, discussed, uh, went through unemployment rates. I love it. Uh, we tried to do a fast forward on what industries we think um, will recover. Uh, talked like a little bit about like vaccines and service workers and, you know, talking about even starting a business, potential opportunities in this current economic environment. So I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it's uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, Jude, what else are we on? Google? Google, Apple. We're on 
pretty much the major anywhere yeah, just look for us or message us and be like hey i don't see you on this uh this type of platform can you get us on this platform but yeah and one another thing i want to let everyone know is if you guys have anything that you want to hear us talk about let us know just reach out to us on either instagram or our linkedin and we can definitely incorporate one of the subjects you're interested in hearing Oh, perfect. Instagram, my Instagram, Edward the Banker, one word, E-D-W-A-R-D-T-H-E-B-A-N-K-E-R. Jude, what's your Instagram? Mine's J Sacramentas, so J and then Sacramentas. I'm sure if you Google me, you'll find it. Amazing. And what's our, uh, are we on LinkedIn yet or, or is that not up yet? What's our- well, personally, I have a LinkedIn, but, you know, let's get one for the, the podcast up soon. I think that's got to get going. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us this week. Uh, it's been fun. Thanks for listening to Financial Talks with Jude and Ed. Sign-